Welcome to day two of Audience Week. So glad you're back. And by the way, if you did miss day one, go back and watch that. And, you know, after you watch this one, because you're here live with me. So watch this one and then go back and watch um, yesterday. But yesterday we started talking about audience. That's what we're going to do all week. But most importantly, we talked about why it's so important for you to be obsessed with your audience. Absolutely critical. And I gave you that beautiful example of the stadium, right? And we talked about the fact that your ideal customer is on the first row. Your ideal customer buys front row tickets to your show. And that's who you need to be talking to, right? That ideal customer every single time. But it probably left you with a question, which I told you we were going to answer um, throughout this entire week, right? The two big things that we're doing this week are, number one, how do I define my ideal customer? And then number two, where the heck do I find them, right? Those are the two things we're going to accomplish this week in me teaching you this framework. And again, this is just the framework. So if you think about building a house, right? The architect comes in and does the drawings and and, and talks about, I guess, load balancing. I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not an architect in, in that sense. Um, but you get my point. They do the drawing and then somebody else comes in and they put all the wood and the, the steel and everything that needs to go down and they create the framework before they put the walls on, before they put the floor in, all that other good stuff. That's what we're doing together this week. So today we're going to delve a little bit further in, and we're, or, or should I say, we're going to start delving a little bit further in into something I call their persona. And I shouldn't say I call it a persona. A lot of people call it the persona. Okay. And the persona is the definition of your ideal client, the definition of your ideal deal client. So what I'd like to do, let me um, actually just pull this up here and share my screen with you guys. And um, this is probably going to be a little bit overwhelming to you seeing it for the first time. This is the 10 steps to personas. Now you're still probably asking what exactly is a persona, right? And some people even call them an avatar, right? You'll hear different terms for them. I don't care much for the term avatar because I think of the movie and I think of something that's well, it is fictional, but almost computer generated and, and, and fake. Whereas I'm really trying to create a real person with a persona. That's what it is. Your ideal customers, all those people sitting on the front row, you can probably lump them into two or three buckets that describe them in general. Okay, that's what we want to do with a persona. We want to create this picture of an ideal customer, who they are, what they like, what they do, and what makes them an ideal customer for you. And again, for most small businesses, you're probably going to have two or three ideal customers. If you list that you have six ideal customers, guess what? You're wrong. Let me just be blunt. You're flat out wrong. Okay, what you're actually doing 
is you're dis describing some people who are in the first section or maybe they're sitting in the stands and thinking that they're your persona. For most small businesses, two is enough, three at the maximum of your ideal customer, okay? Now, I've got a formula, and don't worry about it if you can't read this, because I know it's a screenshot, you may be able to get all of these details. Uh, there is a link down below that if you click this link, uh, you can go to the to uh, that page and actually download this uh, 10 Steps to Personas. This, guys, is exactly what I take my clients through at the agency. We go through all 10 of these steps. Okay, and I'm going to run these... Actually, before I run, I'm getting ahead of myself. I just want to give you a formula first and because I love this formula because it really explains the science side behind personas. So personas are demographics, right? Your demographics, age, uh, religion, where do you live, that type of thing. All the demographics plus psychographics, which is why do you feel that way? Why do you believe this? What are some of the, the things that you do? What motivates you? So you take your demographics and you take your psychographics and you add those together and then you multiply that by buyer behavior and that gives you an actionable buyer persona. Now you understand how to get someone who, who meets these demographics and meets these psychographics you get to understand them and communicate with them and then help them actually move forward in their buyer behavior, right? And, and let's be honest, you got buyer behavior, don't you? Yeah, you do. Because you go through a process when you buy something. Maybe it's based on how much it costs. Maybe it's based on a certain type of category. Everybody has buyer behavior, right? Like, you may not think twice about going to uh, the grocery store and seeing a Snickers bar and just picking it up and eating it because you're a little bit hungry right now and you're hungry, eat a Snickers, right? You may not think twice about doing that. Whereas somebody else who may have just lost 300 pounds, they're going to think twice. They've got different buyer behavior about a Snickers bar. People have different buyer behaviors about buying a car. Everybody has different buyer behavior, okay? So, you take your demographics plus your psychographics and you multiply that by your buyer behavior. What do, what, how do they buy? What's that process? And then you get actionable buyer personas, guys. And with those buyer personas, you can then have effective marketing. And what is effective marketing? What is marketing anyway? Marketing is all about communication. It's what we've been talking about for the last two days. How do you communicate with your ideal customer? That's marketing. How do I talk to them? How do I get them interested in what I do? That's marketing. When you have effective marketing, that, my friends, equals more sales. And that's the point. <laughs> that's why we're doing all of this. Because if it doesn't increase our sales, if it doesn't increase our, our top line, there's no way it's going to increase our bottom line. And then if our top line and bottom line aren't affected, guess what? We got our business. So anyway, there are 10 steps. I'm going to run through these 10 and we're going to dive into um, a couple of them because as a small business owner right now, you don't need to do all 10 of these. Matter of fact, as a small business owner right now, you probably can't 
do all of these. I'm just being completely honest with you. But I want to give you the big picture of all of the steps and then kind of break it down a little bit for you. So step number one, we identify our the best customers. We'll come back and talk about that in a little bit. Step number two, we start building hypotheses. Okay. We build a hypothesis or build a hypothesis or build hypotheses if you have more than one, right? One for each persona. Um, you're building the hypothesis about who these people are and what makes them the ideal customer. Uh, number three is you start to interview. So you, in step one, you identified who the best customers are. In step three, we actually start to get them together and start doing focus groups um, or roundtables, and we talk to them. Used to be a lot in person. Now, obviously, it's a lot more um, virtual, right? But we talk to them. We survey them. We want to find out if the hypotheses that we made actually match the people, or if we learn new things that inform our hypotheses even more. Right, which leads us into step four, which is we find commonalities. So we're looking at these people that we defined as our best customers. That So these are best customers, people who are in the front row right now. And so that also leads me to a point, which we'll, we'll probably come back to in a little bit too. If you currently have no customers, then you just got to do it by hypothesis, right? Because you have no one to find. And that's why I said, for some of you small business owners, you can't even do all 10 of these because you may not have the customers to interview in step three to be able to find those commonalities in step four. It's all going to be based on hypothesis for you, okay? And that's okay for right now. That's okay for right now, all right? As you grow, we'll be able to update that and do more. But for right now, it's okay. Step five, then in step five, we start building our personas. We start pulling data together and start looking at what we actually have. Um, step six, we explore pain points, not getting more into the psychographics. What makes them tick? Okay. That's what we start looking at, at now in step six and start asking questions. Of what makes them tick? What are some of the, the, the pains that make them move? Because guess what? Guess what, guys? People will move to solve a problem that they're in pain about a lot faster than a situation where they're in love. Love doesn't cause you to move. Pain does. So we want to explore what their pains are, right? Because the pain will cause them to move, guaranteed every single time. Number seven, we're going to prove that these people exist. So we interviewed some people that we thought were, were perfect. We went and we did some more research and we started building these personas. And now we got to make sure that we didn't go so far that what we've started to construct no, no longer matches the people we interviewed and or real people, <laughs> okay? They've got to exist. We've got to prove that they exist, all right? And then in step eight, we actually tell the rest of the organization, we tell the team. So this is what we'll do in bigger organizations. We come up with a campaign to now disseminate the information. And, and here's one of the beautiful parts about, about personas. We give personas names. We bring them to life. We bring them to life. When we were doing this in person, we would print it, print it up. We'll put a real photo with a name, printed up on huge poster board to put around the office so that people could meet their persona 
People can see it and have a name with the persona. Okay, so we have to tell everybody in the organization, these are our ideal customers who we're talking to and what makes them tick. Their demographics plus their psychographics. Y'all with me? Okay, step nine, we start creating scenarios, whether that's on our website or Facebook or wherever. We start creating scenarios to test Do we understand the persona and their pain points? Because if we believe we understand this person and we believe we understand the pain that they're in, then let's create a solution for that and see what happens. How do people respond to it? Are they responding favorably or not? Maybe we missed something and then maybe we have to go back to the drawing board or maybe we got it right and we say yes and we celebrate Okay, either way, we create those personas. And then step 10, the last step, but not the least step, but any stretch is we refine, we refine, we refine. We re-refine, we refine them suckers. A persona is, and parents, y'all will understand this. um, A persona is like a child. You just created this person, it's like a child. And it's going to grow over time. As you get to know your ideal customer better, your persona is going to grow and change because you're going to learn more that you ever knew about your persona. And just like children, what they were at two years old is not always what they are at 12 or 22, right? People change because they grow. You learn more about them. Same thing here. You're actually creating a person that you can talk about in your staff meetings. And if you don't have a staff, we're just your old darn self. Well, how do you think Mary would would like that? Well, you know, I'm really not sure how Mary would like that, but let's see, Mary is a, and I'm serious, you have those types of conversations because you're working to communicate to that persona and be, y'all know what I'm gonna say, right? Obsessed. Absolutely, absolutely obsessed. This is what I mean when I talk about being obsessed. I know I've said it. Now you're starting to see some of the framework coming behind it. We're going through all 10 of these steps in order to really delve in and understand who our customers are. We're being obsessed. We're being obsessed. Okay, so that's all 10 at a very high level. I'm going to take four of them and dive in. And these are the four that I want you to focus on, okay? As a small business owner, these are the four that I want you to focus on that will help you move the needle in understanding your ideal customer. And again, you can download that um, the, the PDF with that image and, and, and everything and all the explanation down below. Just click the link, go over there. Don't do it right now. Do it when I'm done talking, uh, but go over there and you can uh, download that that PDF and you can have all 10 steps and you can see it, okay? So here are the four that, that we're gonna go through. Number one is identifying your best customer. So you're in one out of two camps right now. Either you have customers or you don't, okay? So for those of you who have customers right now, you have to do this exercise and say, who are my best customers? This is, doesn't mean your highest paying customers. This is who are the best customers to work with that bring me the most joy in this business, which 
typically often leads to being the most profitable customers as well, usually, okay? Who are your best customers? Take some time and think about that. And then start to ask yourself, are they really my best customers or are there things about them that I would change? Are they my best customers as compared to everyone else? Or if I had a hundred of them, I'd be perfectly happy. Business would be awesome. Or maybe it's a thousand, whatever your number is, right? If I had more of them just like them, I would be completely satisfied. Now, if you cannot answer that question and you don't have any customers that come to mind, it's okay. You're like the people who have no customers, right? And I really can name this category over here of people with who are no customers or the wrong customers, right? Um, I had a, a friend many years ago who wanted to be a graphic designer and he started off doing t-shirts, but he wanted to do like real graphic design, like, you know, the high-end stuff. But everybody, all of his clients were people who needed a t-shirt done. So yeah, none of those were his ideal customer. None of those were on the front row. Those were the wrong clients, right? So wrong clients, no clients. Now I'm talking to you. Now you have to dream. Dream, dream. I'm not going to sing for you. I was going to sing that. I think that's the Beatles song, old Beatles song. I'm not going to sing. Y'all would stop listening if I sang. All right. I'm not going to sing for you today. But you've got a dream. Who is this ideal customer? What is the interaction going to be like? Think about who they are. What do they say when they call you on the phone or when they send you an email? What are things that they like? What are things that they do? What are the things that they have in common? Now, depending on what you do, your ideal customer might be you. If you created a business that really was an extension of yourself and the things that you were good at, your ideal customer might look very similar to you. So sometimes it takes a little bit to look inside and say, okay, what, would I be an ideal customer for this? And if I am, what about me makes me ideal? And look inside, okay? Look inside. So that's, that's the first step. Identify your best customers. And you just want to list, right? Just list the traits. List everything. Everything that you can think of about your best customers. If you have customers and maybe you identify two or three, maybe four people, list all the traits about them that you know right now. If you're hypothesizing then, or fantasizing rather, then just list what you would like for them to have. Don't worry if it's right or wrong. It's just a guess. It's okay. And we know it's just a guess. It's okay to guess right now. Okay, so that's the first one. Identify your, your best customers. Number two, we're gonna build a hypothesis. So now that we have these lists, right? And we've talked about these people and we have what we believe they have in common, what we know about them, et cetera, et cetera. We're gonna start building some hypotheses. Now, what kind of hypothesis are we building? Well, we're building the hypothesis of why is it they actually wanted my service? Why is it they loved me that caused them to be my ideal customer? We're going to build that hypothesis. We're going to start to think, what, what was it? 
And so if you have customers right now, you think back, think back to the interaction and what happened, if you could, and think through it and say, what, what happened? What did they say? What did I say that caused them to be my ideal customer? Same thing if you don't have customers, what would you like them to say? What would they say to you that would cause them to be your ideal customer? So we take that. And then we take all the information that we got in step one, right, where we listed out all of their traits and, and everything that we knew about them. And now we're starting to, 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 to see uh, what can kind of go together. What kind of hypothesis can we say here about them? Well, you know, I remember that this person said these things to me and this person, they also said these things to me that were very similar what other similarities do they have? And we start building some hypotheses about what makes them common, okay? All right, what, what brings them together. Now, from there, we start building our, our personas. Now, when we're building our personas, and we're gonna delve more into building personas tomorrow, okay? So I'm gonna just touch on this briefly. We're, we're really gonna delve into building personas, right? looking at demographics and psychographics tomorrow, right? So if you come back for that, that's going to be super fun. Um, but when we're now that we're starting to build the personas, we've got some information. Now it's time to do some research, right? So we take the information we have and we start doing some research that either will start to prove or disprove what we already thought we knew. And we start putting that together into a persona, Right now, you're going to ask me a very important question, which we'll cover tomorrow as well, which is, well, how do I know when I when personas are going to be different? Like what when, you know, they like black and they like white. So can I put those two together? Does that make one persona or should I be two personas? How do I know when I split them? Right. When I as I'm making these lists and here's the answer to the question. Here's the answer. The answer to that question is. When you can ask yourself this, can I say the exact same thing to these two people? And they will respond in a similar fashion. So you've got two people and they have something that is different, right, about them. And now you're saying, if I'm going to communicate to them and I give, say, the same message to the two of them, will they respond the same? Will they respond the same? So, for example, and I'm just completely fictitious example. Let's say one person drives um, a Hyundai and the other one drives a Toyota, but you're selling chimney sweeping services. Does the fact that one drives a Hyundai and one drives a Toyota, are they going to respond differently to your chimney sweeping because of the car day they drive? Probably not. And so if they're not going to respond differently, that doesn't cause us to split our persona. Likewise, let's say um, one's a renter and one owns their home and they both have a chimney and you're selling chimney sweeping services, right? Well, a renter 
respond to you the same way as someone who actually owns the home. Yeah, they're probably going to respond differently. Those two people are probably going to respond differently to your marketing. And you probably need to communicate to them differently. Like, for example, um, and I don't have a chimney, so I'm just completely making this up, right? So, and I, I don't know how rental agreements work with chimneys. But let's say if they don't get the rental, I mean, the, the chimney cleaned or swept every year, that they could void their uh, deposit on their rental. Well, guess what? You can market to them and say that. That would mean something to them. If you said that to the homeowner, they're not going to care. And so at that point, now we could take these two people and create two different personas because they're going to respond differently to the same stimuli. If they responded the same, it would be one persona. Okay, that makes sense? All right, so that's step three. We're starting to build our personas. And then step four, step four, this is the fourth one I'm going to leave you with uh, uh, today, okay, is we start to ask about their pain points. We start to explore their pain points. I said it to you earlier. The reality is we will move to solve pain related situations. If I'm in pain, I'm going to find a way to solve it, right? There was an old adage. Let me see if I can even remember this. Um, People won't change until the pain of change is less than the pain of staying the same. Follow that? So when it hurts more to stay, then I'll change. There's no such adage for love that I've ever heard. People will move when they're in pain. If the pain is great enough, they're going to move. What you have to do is figure out when is the pain great enough for your persona that they're going to want to move towards your solution. That's what you've got to ask. That's the exploration of their pain points. Understanding what's really going on and what's really driving behind this. Now, if you've been around for a while, you know by now that I talk about pain. And so I've got a couple other videos. I'm not going to delve deep into pain today um, on this one. You can go look at some of those other videos uh, because we talk about that there are actually three different types of pain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And how you recognize and and market to those three different types. Uh, But anyway, that's the fourth piece is understanding what are their pain points, okay? So running through those again, identify your best customers. If you don't have any, make them up. If you have only bad ones, make them up. Fantasize. I give you permission. Go to Fantasy Island, okay? (laughs) Number two, we start building some hypotheses about them. We start looking at what are some of those traits that we're going to write down about them and start building some hypotheses about them and some some of the similarities that they have. Uh, Number three, we're going to start building our personas, looking at the psycho and demographics, okay, and pulling the the personas together on paper, doing the research. And we're going to delve into that a ton starting tomorrow, that research and how you actually start to figure some of this stuff out. 
the art side and the scientific side. Okay. And then the fourth thing was, what are their pain points? What are their pain points? Where are they in pain that they need to get out of that you can help them get out of? Those are the four that, and I just put up eight. Those are the four that I want you to focus on. Now, you can still go to that link, download all 10 of them, because as your organization grows, you'll be able to do more of those steps. Right now, those are the four most critical for you to be focused on. Those four right now. Okay, if you do those, you will be light years. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, light years ahead of at least 90% of your competition because most of them are boobs. They're just dopes. Let's just be real. Most of your competition, they don't have a clue what's going on, but you're here listening to me because you're trying to get a clue and into what's going on. You're, you realize there is a different way to attract a customer to you. You realize there has to be something different. I'm telling you, you're right. And this is it. Okay. So this is day two. Thank you for being here on day two. Tomorrow, as I've said a few times, we're going to jump into the deep end and start looking at some of the science side, the research side of how we build personas. Okay. Right now, hit that link down below. Okay, and go get that uh, the, the the PDF that has all ten steps, so you can see it, and all the explanations, so you can see it. Go get that right now, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye, everybody.